Hi, I'm McCoy. Hi, I'm Emily. And we're the Jazzy Gals. If you're looking for in-depth Utah Jazz basketball analysis, this ain't it. <laughs> but if you are looking to discuss how great Rudy's beard looked this week, jazz Twitter crushes, or other fun pop culture things, you have come to the right place. That's right, and you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. And also on Twitter at Jazz Gals Pod. Go Jazz! Go Jazz! What's up, folks? It's the React edition of Hitting the High Notes Jazz Talk. It is I. I am here, your host, at Hootran Superman. That's at H U U T R A N Superman on the uh, IG and the Twitterverse. And today we are reacting to the Orlando Magic and the Miami Heat game, the Jazz uh, in Florida, Florida uh, for the start of the four game uh, road trip before the All Star break. We bring on um, uh, two guests here to talk about those games. All right, and now we're, uh, we are here. We're going to talk jazz magic, and uh, for that, I'm bringing on uh, Stephen Cameron. He is the host of uh, Close Up Magic. There's a podcast. There's a website. What is up, Stephen? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problems. Um, uh, yeah, so um, uh, this is our first time talking. My name is Who, uh, host of Hitting the High Notes, and you you host your own podcast. We got jazz podcast magic pod we're, we're going to make some magic here. We uh, have jazz to. magic. We ha- we have to. We have to for sure. All right, so um, uh, the Jazz are we're in the middle of the road trip here. Um, uh, after a tough loss to Miami, they played the Magic. Uh, so tell me first, the Magic thirteen and twenty one. Where are the Magic right now um, uh, in your eyes? We're in a really difficult situation, right? Um, Jonathan Isaac, Markel Fultz are, are injured out for the entire season, and those are our two young guys that you know the team was starting to really wanting to move forward with as like franchise players. Um, and then we have our other young players like Cole Anthony. He's out for he's been out for a few weeks, going to be out for a couple more weeks, come back after All-Star break. Um, Aaron Gordon's out. This team has the largest his like the largest amount of injuries in the league in the entire league. And it's by significant margins. It's crazy. So right now, the Magic are a team that wanted to come into the league competitive and make a make a run at the playoffs. Um, to then Markel Fultz injury, kind of changing that bunch of other injuries. And now they are likely at the trade deadline, going to sell off a player or two and, um, or trade off a player or two and, and become, uh, you know, start focusing on the draft. I'm not going to say complete rebuild, but take advantage of this down year and then come back strong next year with, with, you know, Jonathan Isaac, Markel Fultz and, you know, they're younger players taking a growth in their development. So that's right, kind of so, where we're at, this weird like standstill. They've been trying to tread water, um, but it hasn't been working. So they're they're likely going to get a top pick in this year's draft. That's that's my prediction. Yeah, I was going to say, um, uh, start, starting my, my, Michael Carter-Williams um, uh, is probably not the plan. Uh, yeah, we all, no. <laughs> we, we all saw Jordan Clarkson break his ankles um, uh, so you know, <laughs> like um, uh, uh, at the game because I'm uh, with that little spin cycle. He oh, him yeah, that was nice. I saw that Clarkson has been someone he actually was someone I wanted the Magic to trade for a couple years ago or, or last season when he was with Cleveland before he before the Jazz traded for him. Um, but yeah, no, when when your point guard rotation is Michael Carter Williams and a two way player and we've gone through now three different two way players as the backup point guard. Um, you, you, you don't get much leeway. Not, yeah. That's, that's, that's commanding the tank right there. Yeah. So before we get to jazz magic, like you, you touched on the, the trade deadline. Cause there were a lot of jazz fans who during the game were like, wow, what is this magic team doing? Because, um, uh, they, they have a lot of pieces that they need to trade off. And, um, 
it was weird because like I saw the injury. I'm like, they're they're really injured. I mean, I'm sure this Magic team was not thinking we're re- ready to rebuild. They 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 were thinking that they were. I mean, they started the year off pretty hot. Um, but what pieces do you think are going to be on the traded off about the trade deadline for the Magic? So I don't think you're going to see anyone like Nikola Vucevic being traded. He's he's an all star this year again for the second time. Um, he's playing out of his mind, and he's really turned into this like extremely efficient offensive stretch five player, uh, you know, that's just killing it this year and would really be a really nice compliment to a non three point shooting point guard named Markel Fultz. So I don't expect them to go like full tank and trade him, but I think you're going to see p- players like um, Evan Fournier probably traded. He's on an expiring contract, likely not going to resign with the magic in my opinion. So they'll probably trade him, open up that two, three spot a little bit more. Um, you could see our backup uh, or one of our backup centers in Ken Birch, who is actually having a career himself. You could see him getting traded. You guys didn't see him um, last night or the, when the magic played the jazz um, because they've been playing more Mo Bamba more recently. But you could see him traded. He's on an expiring $3 million contract, a team that's looking for like a really good defensive-minded backup center. Um, he would fill in that gap really well. Um, you're probably looking at that. Maybe they would consider an Aaron Gordon trade if it makes sense, but they're not going to trade Aaron Gordon for just parts and just to move him to secure higher draft percentage. Um, it would have to be like a a trade that makes sense. But I mean, I think, I think Evan Fournier, Ken Birch, I think those are players that are just going to kind of take what they can get for the most part. So, um, that's my prediction. That's what I think they'll do. Um, I don't think it's going to be a full rebuild. I wouldn't imagine they'd move Terrence Ross at this point either. Cause the team just doesn't have much shooting in general. So let's, um, let's delve into this game a little bit here. Yeah. Um, so you said Vucevic, I've been pronouncing it Vucevic. Uh, is it Vucevic? Am I saying, have I been saying it wrong? I think it's Vucevic, um, yeah. but it could be Vukovic. Uh, I, I, all the announcers call it Vucevic, so I say Vucevic. All right, Vucevic. All right, sounds good. So, so I mean, Nikola, he, he's having an all-star year, obviously. Uh, uh, like you said, I mean, he had 34 points um, against the Jazz. Um, a pretty good game, but, I mean, really, it felt like the Magic weren't getting anything from everybody else uh, for the longest, for at least that whole second half. Um, what about this jazz team? I'm uh, like, this is like the first time that the magic have seen the jazz. Uh, what about this jazz team? Do you think is kind of scary? I mean, what is not scary about the jazz team (laughs) to be quite honest, you guys are super deep. Uh, you know, defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert is just, you know, a monster. Um, and then you have some really, really high scoring players like Donovan Mitchell and Jordan Clarkson off the bench. Um, I mean, when you just have that kind of firepower with, with Mike Connolly finally starting to find his role, I just, I mean, for a team that's like the magic that are starting, like barely treading water just to even be somewhat competitive versus upper echelon te- teams, um, every, everything is scary, uh, for the magic to be successful against any, I'm going to say top team in either conference they basically have to have a perfect night from every single player that's going to be touching the court because they just don't have the depth like they normally do. Um, you know, James Ennis wasn't playing. Now, granted, that's not like a name that's blowing people out of the water, but that's a you know that's our starting small small forward who shoots. I think he's shooting around 38% from three right now um, and plays good defense. So, you know, when you're playing Dwayne Bacon instead of James Ennis, again, these are not mind blowing names, but. 
you know, g- guys like Joe Ingles are just going to cook them. Right. Yep. So, um, yeah, the, the there's there's basically and we could go down position by position at this point. The only players that I think the magic have an upper hand on is I, I do think, you know, I do think Nikola Vucevic and Rudy Gobert are like a really fun matchup because you have a defensive minded center going against an offensive minded beast. Um, and, and both of them are super elite at what they do on that, those ends of the court. So that's, that's going to be a fun matchup. And I mean, I enjoyed it that night, you know, they were both impressive in their own way. Um, then, you know, we're just not going to have an answer for, uh, Donovan Mitchell, at least matching him offensively. Um, Michael Carter Williams is a good defender. Like he can, he can, you know, lock up guards pretty, pretty well, but you know, if you have two decent guards, like I, I would have been really scared to watch Michael Carter Williams or, 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 uh, have Donovan Mitchell and Mike Connolly that night. Um, as I know Mike Connolly was out, but like when we match up a second time and Mike Connolly's in, that's going to be really difficult because Evan Fournier isn't exactly a great wing defender. Um, you know, consistently, uh, consistently at least. Right. So you mentioned Aaron Gordon. So um, uh, what is Aaron Gordon's injury and what is he expected to come back? Oh gosh, it's been so long. I can't even remember what his injury is. I think it's just, I think it's a rolled ankle, and he's going to come back, you know, sometime around uh, All Star break. He was, it was like a six week turnaround time. Um, sorry, it's been, we've had so many injuries that I can't even uh, pulling it up right now as we speak. Yeah, you said you have a lot of injuries. It's hard to remember. He has do have a lot of injuries. Um, yeah, it's an I, ankle sprain. Sorry, right, ankle sprain. No, no worries. Um, so. Uh, so this is this is a thought exercise. Jazz fans, don't get mad at me. This is just a very weird thought exercise of thoughts I've seen on Twitter. Let's have Aaron, it. Aaron Gordon was a guy that Jazz fans have been clamoring about for the last few years. They 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 hope that like because he's athletic, we know that we know he's super athletic. Can he play? Is, do, you, do you consider him a, a, a high quality um, a one-on-one perimeter defender? And can he sh- shoot the can he can he hit the open three on a regular basis? No to his shooting. Um, yes on his defense. He is a very good one on one play uh, defender. He's one of the best wing defenders uh, on our team. And to be honest, I think if the Magic have been would have been like a better team more consistently, he would have been probably considered for you know maybe second team all defense a couple of years because his wing his one on one defense and his help defense is just is just really good. He's a very very smart defender. Um, but oh, like we just the Magic have been a mess for a few years now, so it's he doesn't right. get the recognition he deserves. Um, but no, his his biggest knock. Uh, as as a player is the fact that he's never gotten consistent with his three point shot. And that's part of the reason why he's kind of a weird fit, because our other forwards are not great with their three point shots either. Um, so, yes to your first part. No to the second. Interesting, because like I'm a, a lot of jazz fans. So this is not a lot. So there's some jazz fans out there who. OK, so if we offered you if the jazz offered you Boyan Bogdanovich for Aaron Gordon. Would that make both teams better? Is that a trend that makes sense for both teams or no? Um, maybe. What's Boyan's contract? He's got another couple of years. I'm about twenty million uh, ish a year. I'll look it up for you real quick. Um, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich contract. I mean, I want to say that's probably a a pretty a pretty fair ish trade. 
Um, the only thing that I think might concern the front office is that he's getting up there in age. He's like 31. So he- that he's not kind of matching the same timeline as some of our younger players with Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz. But one of this team's like biggest issues right now for the magic is finding that like a really nice fitting, uh, small forward. And with Boyan kind of playing that small forward position, um, and able to shoot the three at a, at a really nice rate. Like it would, it, I think in theory, it would, it would be a, a nice, a nice, uh, uh, fit for the magic. Um, would the front office do that? I'm not sure. Um, simply because of age. Um, and how, how about this? Contract uh, you depending. as you as, so yeah. So the, Bo, 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 Bogdanovich bogey would have two more years after this about, 18 million a year uh, each year for two more years. Hey, you as a fan, would you would you rather have Boyan on your team for the next couple of years or Aaron Gordon? Probably, <laughs> probably Boyan. Uh, and to be honest, and I say that because if Jonathan Isaac can come back and be a healthy player. Um, and Chumo Kiki, those guys are wrapping up the four. Aaron Gordon is kind of going to be like, he's going to be, he's our biggest trade ship right now. Right. Um, so if this team was healthy and like actually trying to win, I would definitely say Boyan. but since this team isn't trying to win this year, like, I don't know, maybe that would be a trade. Uh, they, I mean, it's definitely a possibility. I, I actually never thought about this until you just asked me. Um, cause he really does fill a lot of what the magic would need. Uh, that's an interesting one. Yeah, go ahead and send that trade in. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> like, 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 do you think Aaron Gordon, a fully healthy Aaron Gordon, could guard one of Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James? Yes. If you if you stuck, yeah, like if you stuck yeah. him on there. So he's he's our heart. Every time we have uh, a matchup against one of those guys, he's he's the one guarding them. He's he's our wing defender. And always guarding, you know, unless it's a point guard, he's guarding the hardest player on the team. Unless it's a point guard or a center, he can jump onto point guards. He can jump onto centers, but I mean, he's a beast. One, he's a beast. Uh, four through two. Yeah. So, uh, Stephen, I'm. Uh, th- thanks for coming on. Thanks for talking about uh, jazz magic with us. Uh, you know, this is where you plug yourself. Plug your podcast. Plug your website. Yeah, appreciate it. So uh, the Close Up Magic is an Orlando Magic podcast. Um, check it out. We've had some really fun uh, writers on recently. We've had Josh Robbins of The Athletic and a couple of the Orlando Magic writers themselves. And and it's not so much like we're not always talking about the current game. We're talking about the magic as a whole and experiences of covering the magic. And it's it's we've had some really good uh, journalism style conversations recently. So if you're into that, Go check out some of those, some good stories being told. Um, and then our website, theclosetupmagic.com, you can uh, check things out there. I mean, we, we post some fun stuff. Um, today, actually, we just posted an article about a Top Shop uh, moment that we think is going to be a good one for all you NBA Top Shotters. So um, oh. go ahead, go ahead, check that out. And uh, yeah, we appreciate it. And if you're into anything magic related, hit us up. We're always down to have a conversation. And um, uh, I really hope that Ant-Man and Jimmy Woo um, uh, really drive a lot of people to your site with their close-up magic as they do on their TV. So <laughs> Sounds good. Um, uh, Steven, thanks again. So let's do this again. When, uh, when Whenever the Jazz and Magic play again, uh, we'll have you back on, and uh, we'll see what happens uh, this next round two, all right? Hughes, my pleasure, man. Appreciate it. I'm definitely down to do this again sometime. Thanks, Steven. Have a good day. Hey, I'm Mark. And this is Doug. What's up? And we're co-hosts of a weekly podcast on the Utah Jazz called Twos and Threes. It's available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you get podcasts on your feed every Monday morning. 
Mark's my big brother, and you could say this podcast is a family affair, but really, we think of the jazz and jazz nation as our family. So we'd love for you to participate with us to listen, and really, let's do this together. Go jazz. Go jazz. Be our family. Boom. All right, folks. You know, let's welcome back. It's Swish O'Mode. What's up? Swish, man, what's up? What's up? What's going on, man? I'm glad to be back. You know, it's always lovely to be on the podcast. It's, it's just great talking hoop with you, man. Yeah, three times now. We had you on like a couple weeks ago. Uh, I mean, Jazz mm-hmm. Heat uh, playing uh, playing very close to each other. I mean, but honestly, it was it was a couple weeks ago the Jazz played the Heat in Utah. Jazz go to Miami, and man, it felt like a really – did it feel like a different game to you? Yeah, that game was – you know, a lot of people say when high-scoring games happen, it's because a lot of defense isn't being played. But both teams were playing good defense. It was just, it was a lot of tough shot making. It was just, it was a, that's one of those grinded-out games where back and forth for a while, and then somebody finally pulls away. So it was a good game to watch for me. Yeah, we're talking. Um, we're talking about Jazz Heat here. Um, uh, the Jazz uh, starting their uh, four-game um, uh, East Coast. I, don't know, I think it's four games. Four-game East Coast road trip of. Uh, uh, start with Miami, then they go to Orlando, uh, New Orleans, and then they end up in uh, Philadelphia before the uh, All Star break. So, uh, mm-hmm. Jazz, I'm going to fall to the Heat, I'm 124 116. Uh, and, and so, a lot of Jazz fans kind of felt like this is, like, this is a, uh, not a great game for the Jazz to lose. The Jazz were really hot, but the Heat were one of the hottest teams in the league. They had won four, like, after the, the, the Heat, excuse me had their um, uh, little uh, West Coast trip where they lost to the Warriors. They came back on four. They went one four in a row at the point. The Jazz were the fifth win in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what changed from um, uh, two weeks ago from the team that we saw then to now? Um, well, what I've noticed, you know, they're playing with a lot more of a, a better touch of urgency. And, you know, like they're more urgent when they react on defense. And, you know, offensively they look a lot more – they look a bit more polished nowadays because at first it seems like, I don't know, I wouldn't call it laziness, but they just seem like they weren't all together. But, yeah, like I was saying, their sense of urgency has changed a lot. You know, Kendrick Nunn has been playing great basketball throughout this streak. He's been arguably our second best, if not at least. You know, he's playing He's playing well on both ends, you know, for at least for his stand on the defensive end. He's become principal and offensive, and, you know, he's scoring the ball. He's distributing a lot better it's helped us a lot man so even with you know the nicks and bumps and here and there you know the injury and whatnot we've managed to stay afloat and that's what i applaud most about this team and we felt that the other night against utah you know that's the that's the number one team in the league right now so for us to get that win it was big time right um, the heat like you like you said uh i like to give credit more credit to when a opponent like the heat beat the jazz it's more probably more about like, mm-hmm. not what the Jazz didn't do right, but what the Heat did do right. The Heat ran a uh, a defense on the Jazz like they just really got the Jazz out of their offense. Uh, credit to the Heat mm-hmm. for like really like and you know maybe because the Heat are playing the one team in the, in, in the in the league and they don't want to win or don't want to lose or get swept by the Jazz. Uh, they brought their A game. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're seeing that a lot more now. Um, and and you know Drogic is back. That really helped the, the Heat too. <laughs> And I think with having Goran back, you know, people people see Goran like he is getting older, but Goran also has his nights like against the Jazz where he, he just gets hot. And it's essential to our offense because he's a go-to scorer for us because, you know, he can score at all three levels. He can hit the three, 
He can shoot the mid-range and he can easily get to the cup and use his footwork. So having somebody like that coming off the bench most of the time is, is very useful because it gives us the spark. And, you know, he's capable of closing games out, too, if we need him to. So that's always a big plus. And we definitely needed every bit of, you know, what he gave us in that Utah game because that was a nail-biter, man. I was, I was on the edge of my seat most of the game, but we ended up pulling away, and that's what mattered the most. Yeah, the Jazz then uh, came back in one of those great Donovan Mitchell games. They came back in a little bit later in the second half. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, uh, this Jazz team, um, this Jazz team, um, starting off the road trip um, with the loss, but the Heat playing, you know, playing good ball. You know, we're talking about the Heat just um, uh, playing well. Um, uh, uh, what do you think the Jazz uh, need to do to improve to like, um, uh, like, I don't, I don't want to say I got exposed um, uh, tonight, um, but you know, it, it mm-hmm. did show that um, the Jazz could be beat. Uh, with good shooting and some good defense, um, uh, two things right. that the Jazz I mean, I've had to face a lot lately. Mm-hmm. I think with Utah, you know, their their thing is, you know, sometimes uh, if Donovan can't get it going, you know, they have other scores that they can depend on to at least generate some kind of offense. But I think it's really hinging on him. You know, as long as he can stay consistent, I think they'll always be, you know, ahead of the curve because they play terrific defense and. When they're, you know, when their shot is on, especially from beyond the arc, that's when that's when things start to flow for them. So I think in order to really get back on track, I think they need to, you know, tighten up their defense just a tad bit because it seems like it's relaxed a little bit over these past couple of games. But other than that, I think their offense is fine. It's just a matter of, you know, some some nights you're going to have games where, you know, you make it everything. And it's going to be nights where, you know, you can't shoot a rock in the ocean. So. I think it's really just about keeping the consistency that they had in, you know, their 20 plus wins this year and, you know, shooting the ball and staying tight on the defensive end. I think they'll be fine. So it's nothing more so like minor tweaks, like stuff you look at on film, like, okay, we could have did that a little better. Maybe when we execute the next game, it'll help us out a lot more. Simple stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, it might, I mean, Miami just showed the Jazz, Jazz fans why Miami is still a threat. I mean, they went to the, uh, they went to the uh, finals last year. So this is a team that mm-hmm. uh, some people, we weren't really sure what we were going to see from them. And the East right now, kind of a crapshoot. Uh, you know, there's mm-hmm. the Sixers, there's the Bucks, there's mm-hmm. the Nets. And then um, uh, then you have a group of like the Heat. I don't, I don't, I thought the Celtics were in that group of them, not anymore, but like I'm a, maybe the Raptors and a couple guys like, all right, these guys can play spoiler and make another run. Like the Heat might be able to make another run now. Yeah. And, like, they're going back to full strength. All right. I think, um, you know, with the way the East is set up this year, I think it's, I mean, some teams, of course, like including Miami and Boston. You know, the season is always going to be kind of weird because of that. And, And also it's just, I think it's also a mix of, you know, sometimes teams, they start the game, they start the seasons off slow. And sometimes that slow start might hurt them later on. But once they figure it out, kind of like Miami has been doing, you know, even after everybody came back from the health and safety protocols, it's just sometimes it takes time to get rhythm and, you know, get the train going. I think that's what they're doing. I think that's what a couple of East teams are going to do, you know, after this all-star break. But I could be wrong. We could see some surprises. Maybe the Knicks will stay hot. You know, they're the fourth seed right now, but maybe they'll drop. We don't know yet. But, right, right, and um, uh, yeah, I, mean, I, forgot, I, I totally forgot about the Knicks, even though yeah, they're a topic of discussion in the Jazz land right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I want to shout out to Dave DePore uh, of the Athletic. 
uh, at day before NBA. Uh, he said the Utah Jazz are officially good enough to have a single, any single game, any single game overanalyzed. Finally, some respect for the Jazz. Mm-hmm. Uh, very true words there. And like you said, I'm a, sometimes teams start slow. Trust me, Jazz fans know all about uh, teams starting slow and then turning it on in the second half and how that can how, how that can be. So, yep. All right, yeah. So I'm, uh, uh, hopefully the Jazz. I mean, again, like I'm, uh, we don't want to talk about like more, uh, you know, like uh, losses that ha- have meaning or um, uh, moral losses, uh, moral wins, or whatever, right? Because um, mm-hmm. the Jazz. But the Jazz do need to get punched in the mouth, right? Like um, uh, they they can learn a little bit from uh, getting yeah. pushed by the Heat. Like see what see what worked for the Heat, and then Billy captures that because um, uh, you you mm-hmm. want to build those in before you get to the playoffs. I mean, we're we're heading into the second half of the season now, and yeah, so um, uh, we'll see. I guess um, I, I think I asked you about the Mike Conley All Star, uh, but when uh, last time we talked, he didn't make it. Um, uh, do you think oh, he's yeah. done? Yeah. Um, I think with Mike Conley, you know, the way the Jazz are playing, I think he he could have I think he could have got by because you know, you look at a team like the 2015 Hawks, they had four all-stars. They had four people who made it. And I feel like the NBA could have gave the same love to Utah this year, but I'm kind of not surprised, you know, sometimes this sometimes it's a bit more of a name recognition thing, and that's understandable. But I don't know, man. I feel like Mike Conley has been you know, always one of those guys who is considered one of the best players to, you know, he might not ever make the all-star game and this could have been his year. And I think he deserved a fair shot at it, but that's the way the NBA goes, man. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's a tough situation for him, but I do know he's playing great basketball again. Cause I know last year, you know, he was struggling a bit with health and, you know, trying to get his room with the jazz and it was a new team for him. It was, you know, he left a team he had been with for 11 or 12 years, so it was a different situation for him to get used to. And now look at him. He's playing much better basketball even at 33 years old. Yeah, I mean, it is um, – uh, if only the Jazz were in the East, right, they would have four All-Stars. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> he would have made it if he was in the uh, East. Right, right, right. Well, Swisho, I, I got to say, I'm so like you're still I'm a streaming NBA 2K. Go follow his YouTube channel. What is it again? Uh, my YouTube channel. Um, if you go on YouTube, just type in Nick Switch, and I should pop up. You're gonna see a little logo. It's an S and an M inside with a blue background. That's me. I got about one point six three thousand subscribers, so that's me. Yep, at, at Nick Swish. I'm uh, on uh, YouTube. He's at Swish Swish O Mode on um, uh, uh, Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm um, yep. you know I, I'm working my way to get that um, uh, Galaxy Opal. Uh, David Robinson card this year or this season, man. It's uh, it's slow going, but I'm uh, I'm trying. <laughs> I, I heard about that one, man. I, <laughs> my friend was telling me about it earlier. He was saying that you know he he's really big into that stuff, so he's trying to you know build his team. He just got his new PlayStation and whatnot, so he's trying to trying to get on his grind, man. I'm trying to help him the best that I can. Yeah, new gen, new gen. All right, man. Well, thank, hey, Swish. Um, guess what? So no more no more Jazz Heat games this year so far. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe we'll see in the finals if we could do seven of these, huh? Hey man, never know. I mean, if we if we meet in the finals, then we got to have the you know the post game podcast. That's fine with me. Just let me know, or if you ever need me on the right. once again, just I'm free almost any time, man. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Swisher modes. I'm, uh, I'm gonna go to Nick Swisher's uh, YouTube channel so I can um, uh, get some tips to play better NBA 2K. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Mm-hmm.